Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. Look. We are coming up on our 100th episode, and we've had a whirlwind of guests from all over the world, different experiences. And I have to say, today's guest has known me longer than any previous guest on this episode. And it's exciting because I'm so incredibly humbled that, one, she would join my show, but two, her journey speaks volumes, and she's one of the most talented guests in this industry in the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Today, we're talking real estate, and we have not had a real estate guest on in the past two years. Let me tell you a little bit about Katie Conley. One of her uh, philosophies in life has been giving for the sake of giving rather than gaining. And that philosophy truly embodies who Katie is at her core. She's a true local with an intimate knowledge of Ventura and Los Angeles County, which has been her home for over 30 years. She fell in love with the beautiful coastal Southern California weather, lifestyle, and scenery at a young age. Katie has lived in Port Wyneme, Oxnard, downtown LA, Thousand Oaks, and enjoys helping clients who want to move to or from the area uh, and help finding their perfect homes. Her passion for real estate began working as an office manager for a local brokerage firm and agent support, recruiting, training, logistics, as well as strategic planning. Once she completed her real estate license in 2014, she assisted the two top producers in that office. Katie oversaw over 100 transactions that year and learned how to technically navigate many different areas of a deal from short sales to land, investment properties, first-time management, uh, first-time buyers, uh, contingent purchases, and array of financing options. In 2018, Katie was selected to the prestigious Ventura County Coastal Association of Realtors Leadership Academy, which she graduated from the program. In 2019, she served as the Leadership Development Committee and Vice Chair. In 2020, she was the chair of that committee. In 2020, Katie was also selected to serve as the Ventura County Coastal Association of Realtors as the director for 2021 and 2023, so congratulations. And in 2021, not only is Katie continuously growing, she was nominated by the city of Oxnard to serve as a commissioner for the city planning development. Her expertise is well utilized at the address, serving a diverse clientele with all facets of real estate brokerage. In 2021, Katie was also recognized as one of the top 100 real estate professionals that are most influential on social media. We'll have all those links in the show. Katie's a graduate of Cal State University of Northridge. She's earned her BS degree in family and consumer sciences with a minor in marketing. She leads an active lifestyle, loves to read and travel, devoted mom to a beautiful daughter, and volunteers times at her school. Katie, welcome to the Catapulting Commissions podcast. 
Thank you for that wonderful introduction. You make me sound so busy and talented, and I'm just sitting here in my sweatpants today. <laughs> I, I love it, Katie. Don't worry. I'm in my sweatpants as well, dude. It's the, it's the beautiful thing about Zooming and podcasting and working from home. Uh, if you ever get, like, down on yourself and you're, like, just having a bad sales day, just go back, listen to that introduction again to yourself. It'll, it'll re-motivate you. Thank you. I will do. Save. Note to self. <laughs> Good. So let's, let's jump into this, Katie. You are a current real estate professional is what I'd call it, right? Not just necessarily a realtor. I mean, and you go through as, as we're reading your bio and sharing your bio, there is a multiple uh, facets of real estate buying that the average person isn't aware of. When it comes to drawing a client or gaining a customer, how does how do you make somebody feel comfortable in that process? Because just me reading Everything that goes in real estate makes me nervous. So how do you get someone comfortable with the home purchasing and buying process? I, I'm, that's a great question. I definitely lay it, lay it out there, you know, off the bat and say, this is a roller coaster. We're going to do it together. It's going to be fun. Then it's going to be crazy. Then it's going to be fun again. And then you get your keys. Um, I, I base my business really on uh, referral. So 95% of my clients come from past clients, friends and family referrals, and they've all had positive experiences with me. So the trust is kind of already there, which is great. So, you know, you mentioned the roller coaster. We're going to peel some, some of these onions off. So you tell someone there's a roller coaster. It's going to be a little hectic. It's going to be fun again. Yeah. In that times where people are panicking, I, I'd hate to say this, Katie, and I imagine there's a real estate agent that's listening to this that has lost a client when they panic. I know for certain I have B2B sales professionals and entrepreneurs that lose clients in that moments of adversity or when people panic. You make it sound so simple. Hey, you're going to panic. It's going to be a roller coaster. We're going to get through this, and I'm going to hand you keys. You streamlined it, but how do you make your person, how do you make your client feel comfortable when everything's panicking then and 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 i say this wholeheartedly katie I, I just i just refinanced the property recently and i forgot everything that goes in it and it was like the it was a nightmare and it's it's like my fifth or sixth time going through like the process of purchasing or refinancing homes pain in the butt but crazy yeah how, how do you handle that when someone who's new to that area or, or this this adversity that comes in real estate how do you make them feel comfortable uh, so two parts to that question. The, the scariest thing for me isn't losing the client. If I lose a client, you know, they don't want to call me back. They use their sister instead, whatever. What's scary for me is when we're knees deep in the transaction and they have an earnest money deposit on the line, $30,000, $40,000, and something starts to go a little crazy in the transaction. And I'm like, oh, shoot, not only are they going to lose their house, but they're, they may lose this money. And, and then I, I would definitely lose the client. So when things get a little weedy like that, I, I definitely say I've never had somebody be homeless and I've never had anyone lose their earnest money deposit. And we're not going to start today. Like we may need extensions. We may need some more time. We may need more documents, but we're going to get through this together because my clients call me freaking out. Lender calls me freaking out. The other agent on the other side calls me freaking out. And it's my job to get everyone on the same page. We all have the same goal. Let's just do it together. <laughs> so. I, I love it. And I hear what you're saying there. So let's just say I'm a new real estate agent, Katie, and I start and you just said, everyone's calling you freaking out. What do you tell that new real estate agent that's taking that first call from the 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 other uh, real estate agent or your client or the buyer that is freaking out on the phone with you? What's the first thing you tell me? I tell, because I coach new agents too. And I tell them off the bat, you have to be in the driver's seat. So when I, when I either am the selling agent of the house or the buying agent of the house, 
as soon as that offer gets accepted, I send like a detailed color-coded email with the dates, with the amounts. So everyone, to everyone involved, because there's, you know, I'm not going to name everyone, but there's usually like 15 people involved in a transaction. Everyone has assistance, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I set myself up from the beginning that I'm in charge, you know, and I say, let, let me know if these dates are what everyone else has on their contracts you know, let's, let's work backwards from here. Um, and I tell my new agents to do the same thing. Like, don't let them tell you what, what 14 days from now is like you count on your calendar make sure there's no holidays in there. Make sure it's mm -hmm. not, you know, falling on a Sunday. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine that ownership that you're, you're giving people, right. You take ownership, you belong in this deal. Your ownership is going to be reflective to your customers that's calling. But as a, as a new agent, I mean, it's incredibly intimidating. Did you have a mentor yourself when you were new? I did. I was extremely, extremely uh, blessed. So I ended up working uh, when I decided to get my real estate license. I called one of my best friends who owned a company who was very successful and he had just sold uh, my partner and I our house. I said, hey, dude, I want to do what you do. So he said, come work in my office. Um, I'll teach you everything. You know, as soon as you get your license, you can be my assistant. So I was his full time assistant for about five years and he was a top producer. Um, basically, his job was to get the clients and I was the one on email and unlocking doors. So if I messed up on anything, I only did it once because it was, it was his name on the line. So it was, it was really, really great to learn from somebody like that at a high volume. I wasn't just managing my one transaction a year, five transactions a year, like a new real estate agent is I was juggling. Well, we were closing 30 to 40. So we probably wrote 70 contracts, you know, wow. So at the same time, I mean, over a year. So it was a lot. You know, in, in that state of real estate, right, that that mentorship, that relationship to learn, I think is so valuable for all areas of business and sales professionals. I, I'm going to have to ask you a question here, and I don't even know the answer, so I hope I don't look silly, but do you have a mentor now at this state of your business? Kind of. There's definitely people that I call... Um being involved in all the things that I'm involved in, I'm one of the youngest uh, age-wise and one of the, the newest in the business. So you've heard this before too, that you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the, the tables that I sit at, I am definitely not the smartest or most experienced. And so I can call these people that are at high level leadership roles in the mm -hmm. business and in the community for different questions. You know, it's not one person that I rely on for, for one thing. There's, there's different people that I ask different questions to. Um, sometimes I need advice from another single mom, like, Hey, how did you do this? Sometimes I need advice from somebody that's, you know, changed their target market. So it's cool. It's really cool to be able to sit at those tables and have, have some really high, high level people around me. Yeah. There's something to be said about leveling up your network. Right. And yeah, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need a new room. I, I you know, catapult and commissions family. I, I would be remiss if I didn't say this, but you know, from a financial standpoint, if you're the richest person, you know, you need to get into a, a new circle of friends, like just point blank. Um, yep. Okay. So you, you still look for help. You still look for, for growth in, in, in the training and your personal development. You said something earlier that I'm not going to let slip away 95 percent of your business comes from referral did you start yep. that way kind of i mean it being a being an assistant to one of my good friends we had a very similar sphere so when somebody you know wanted to use him or me we were kind of a kind of a one-man shop um so when i went out on my own i kind of already had done a couple i don't know maybe 20 deals in five years on my own um and i just 
you know, reached out to those people. I sent letters like, this is my new journey. I'm on my own. Like if you know anyone that wants to talk real estate, come here. And I come from a place of providing service, you know, like people ask me questions all the time and I'm not trying to convert them. I'm just saying, yeah, I can answer that question or, or no, if you're in a contract, I can't answer that question. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's working by referrals. Great. So Fortunately, so, I haven't had, I have eh, maybe one person that wouldn't refer me. We had a rough, rough transaction, but one out of 50 isn't bad. No, that's, that's, that's really, I mean, it's less than 2%. So that's, that's awesome. And plus my I mean, my dad in his professional environment, he gives, he has my business cards on his desk. He gives them to all kinds of people. Um, so stuff like that, which is cool. So you know, there's something to be said for that, Katie, of building your network, right? Growing your network is a skill set, not just in real estate, not just in business, not just in entrepreneurship. It's in life. We want to expand that network because we're always willing to say, go talk to Katie if you need a home. Go talk to Anthony if you want some motivation in your, for your sales team. Yeah. Go, go, go talk to... Garrett, if you want someone to bake you goods or something like that, right? Whatever the situation is, we're always looking for, we're always willing to refer our friends and family and people we know. The problem there with that referral source, and I love what you said here, Catapulting Commission's family, listen to this closely. Katie just unwrapped 95% of her business comes to referrals. I bet there's not one person in Katie's circle of friends, families, acquaintances that doesn't know what she does. Nope. And I don't even come at it with a hard sale. You know, they just know what I do and it's cool. Some of my, some of my co coolest closings, one of my good friends from junior high messaged me on Instagram a couple years ago. She's like, Hey Katie, my husband and I want to buy a house. Can you help us? I was like, sure, this would be great. Like, how are you? How are the kids? She's like, okay, here's the house. She sent it to me. We looked at it the next day. My one of my now good business partners was on the other side of the transaction and closed it. I showed him one house to my first friend in junior high. It was amazing. Look and now I'm invited to barbecues. Our kids are the same age. Like we also reconnected on a friendship level. So I love that story. And I love what you've done. If you haven't got connected on, we'll put Katie's social media links below. But it's a journey of her documenting as she's going through real estate transactions. Sometimes they're fun. Sometimes I've seen her challenges. Sometimes you open houses with big goods and nobody there. I mean, you're you're going through the whole journey with her on social media. That goes to show you, Catapult Commission's family, you need to let people know what you're doing if you want referrals. I mean, Katie's business is at 95% referrals, and there's not one person that doesn't know what she's doing. So let, let's switch gears here for a second because a referral is great. And in that situation, yeah, I mean, that's that's a home run. A friend reaches out to you from Instagram. Hey, I want to buy a home. Sends you the home. You're like, oh, this, I help you take care of it. But let's go to the other side of the spectrum. It's 2021, Katie. The real estate market is crazy. Crazy. All right. Your industry, there's two parts of real estate. When we when When I think of real estate, and there's two parts of it. There's the home buying part which me as a consumer or an investor, I'm okay, I want to get this house. Someone's bidding this house. There's that part. But the part that not many people realize is there's you. There's the real estate agents competing for the listing, competing for the buyers. And I would argue at this time in business, 
it's probably one of the most competitive industries out there. Would you agree with yeah. that? Yeah. Especially with all the, with the tech companies coming in and saying they can do it faster, better, cheaper and all that good stuff. So we, we discussed this a lot actually in, in my meetings. So, so let's talk about that. How do you separate yourself from your competition? I mean, I, I love growing competition's fun, but at the end of the day, there's, there's can be only, you know, there's only one winner in these transactions. Maybe you have a, someone who's helping you or, or, you know, a referral fee or however the terminology is, but at the end of the day, right, people are still competing. So how do you stand out in the competitive industry? I'm definitely just really honest. And then back to that, uh, most of my business coming from referrals, I tell people off the bat, I like to work with people that I know, love and, love and trust. And so should you, because we're, I'm going to be the person that you're calling when you're freaking out at nine o'clock at night, you know, or texting. And um, it's a relationship. So go interview whoever you want and find out who the best fit's going to be. You know, I'm not going to be, it's, I'm not going to be the cheapest, but you'll be happy in the end. And I, I tell people that. So there's obviously, and, uh, I mean, I have a whole spiel with pictures and a book and signs, but you know, that was the gist. <laughs> oh no, I was going to peel the onion back. Don't you worry about that. I'm going to get to that right now. But that, which was one of my questions, what takes place during this interview process. But two, what I like that you did is you just, you set an agenda. Right. You're, you're telling people exactly what's going to happen, which salespeople, you have to say your agenda. So I know what's going to take place in this conversation. So let's talk about that agenda. Right. So I come to you, you sit down and, you know, you I love what you said. You 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 set your standards incredibly high. I I choose to do business with people I like and trust. So immediately in the subconscious mind, Katie, you have taken that decision from, hey, I'm going to hire you to you saying, no, I'm going to represent you. It goes, it's, you are interviewing me, but I'm also interviewing you. It goes both ways. Cause I may not want to represent you. You may be the headache uh, client from hell that I don't <laughs> want to deal with. And I'm gonna have to make that decision here. And the same time you're making the decision to like me. So when you're going through this interview process, what value are you sharing with these potential clients to say, Hey, I'm going to retain Katie as my real estate agent. Uh, I mean, the company that I work for definitely has great branding. Um, and I kind of came on early on with them. So I, I have examples of our branding, which is really unique and actually trademarked. Um, I, I talk about my marketing commitments, what I will and won't do. You know, we we weren't doing open houses during COVID, you know. So instead of saying I'll do open houses, X, Y, and Z, I'm saying I'm going to make sure that I'm going to sanitize your doorknobs and nobody's going to use your toilet and stuff like that when in a in a global pandemic. Um, so yeah, I, I send marketing like goals to my client. I have, I print them out for every property. Obviously I, you know, have stats. I have a, a marketing team that does nice shiny glossies for me. So yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, I send them my bio too. And I say, Google me, look me up. So good. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, right. Showing somebody what they're getting from hiring and retaining you is, is the reason we're going to hire and retain you. It's the reason that I'm going to go with you versus someone else. You know, Katie, as, as we're having this conversation here and we're on air, I can't help but share because I know you off air, you're incredibly authentic both ways, off air and on air, Thank which you. I would 100%. It's a huge compliment because in sales, and in, and I have seen it over and over again. When a salesperson climbs a certain letter uh, or a certain um, level of, of status, right? Selling $10 million homes, $20 million homes, or um, the number one producer in Ventura County or Los Angeles County, there is a certain level of 
arrogance that sometimes comes at that level? Is that something you see in the real estate industry? And I say that because I see it in medical, software, agriculture, entrepreneurship. Does that exist in the real estate community? A hundred percent. And it's not, it's not just the top producers. It's, I mean, people can come in this business, not selling one house with a huge ego. Um, and then I know a lot of people that are really, really successful and really humble and they, they answer my calls. So, and they did when I was first starting out. So that, that says a lot too, how, how you treat your peers um, and who you remember doing business with. And it's important because even though we are competitors, we're still peers. So I love that. I love that. Fun. You're deaf. You, you, we grow better together. Yep. And, and, and I love how you're saying that because you're experiencing a level of success. I would bet a, a lot of money and I'm a, I'm a betting man that you wouldn't be that person that's, Oh, I'm too high and mighty to take your call and help you out. That's I mean, there, so I, uh, let me go backwards. So Am I gonna lose I, my money. Uh Oh, Definitely last year and probably early this year, um, I get like, I get notifications for people that want to buy homes and stuff. And when somebody wants like a $400,000 house in Oxnard, I just had to deny that lead because I have four other clients that are looking for a three bedroom house in Oxnard under $400,000. I can't show it to five more people. Like I'm going to be competing with my own clients mm. um, and it, they just don't exist. Like I'll get leads for stuff that just doesn't exist. So I'll deny it. And it's not because I, I don't want to work with that person or cause it's not enough money. I'm like, the house just doesn't exist. I don't want to waste their time or my time. And I don't, I don't consider that a level of arrogance. I consider that smart business. I, I consider a, a, I consider a level of arrogance where someone says, Hey, I'm struggling. I'm on your team, Katie. I'm struggling closing a. I'm struggling closing a four hundred thousand dollar deal on Oxnard. I'm, you know, this was my last conversation with my potential buyer. Can I just call you and take and tell you the scenarios that happen? And you're like, I'm incredibly busy. Don't have your time, or you know, it's sales. Get over it and just like brushing somebody off. That's where I was more referring on it. Oh, what yeah, you yeah. just described to me was good business. Yeah. No, I um. I have a lot of agents that call me just to chat and just to ask me, you know, what I'm up to and ask me for favors, say, Hey, Katie, I'm writing on, you know, your partner's listing. Can you help me out? And I'm like, sure, dude, like, how are things with you? So, um, one of my agents in my company texted me something yesterday or the other day, and I was at my daughter's strings performance. She called, I didn't answer. So I texted her. I said, Hey, I'm at my daughter's strings performance. Call you after nine. And I sent her a picture like, of yeah. maybe my family, you know, and she was like, that's great. Like, I love it. So, you know, I, I love that relationship that exists between successful people. Yeah. I, uh, I have seen, and I know firsthand a couple of real estate agents that have shared with me their journey on growing their business and coming across some of the people that wouldn't help them because they were too busy or too big. And I, I get frustrated because some of the most successful people I know, real estate, non-real estate, are incredibly humble, uh -huh. really helpful. And if 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 you ever get around somebody who's really helping you, I would never think to call to waste your time. So like let's just say tomorrow I'd have a major career change and I became a real estate agent here in Baker. So and I'm like, Katie, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call and respect your time and ask questions that are relevant and try to like be very respectful that you're taking my call. If, if, if I was to call and be wasting your time, I wouldn't get offended. If you're like, Hey, Anthony, like I, I have five minutes, man. Like let's, let's, let's get to it. So I, I guess the real where I'm going with that is we have to have a network of people around us that supports us and uplifts us and helps us grow. And, yep. and it sounds like you're directly involved in that. 
Yeah, I have it on both levels. I have people that call me um, for questions and mentorship. And then I, I definitely have the people that I call too. So it's great. Great. It's great. Good. Catapult Commission family. Katie just referenced there the power circle of influence. Who is influencing you? Who is involved in your life? Who is the person speaking to you when things go bad? You definitely want to make sure you have that in your system uh, or in your, yeah, I guess in your system. Katie, you have uh, mentioned earlier the digitalization or tech of the real estate industry. It is real. It uh-huh. is coming. Let's talk about it. What is it's the here. difference? Here already. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. What is the difference? And, and you know, I, I, there is, there's definitely going to be a changing sales is changing, right? How we do business, how we market. There's always going to, we are evolving. Business is changing, but we're at a certain point where certain industries are saying, okay, Hey, you're, you're, you're under attack to be replaced by technology or yeah. Or digitalization, real estate being one of them right now. Can you walk us through that process when someone's, you know, how does digitalization and technology either help you or hurt you in a traditional real estate transaction? I I feel like it's just another, another option for buyers. I mean, I've met people that work in tech themselves that aren't comfortable picking up the phone and having a conversation like this. They're, they're a Google, they like the numbers, they like to fill in their names. Um, so there's, there's people that tech works for. I don't think it works for everyone. Um, I mean, I guess there are companies where you can digitally open a front door. I don't know if I I would want that on my home when I was selling. Actually, I know I wouldn't want that on my home when I was selling my home, but there's some people that are comfortable with that. So I'm not, I'm not threatened by tech. I'm actually in, in meetings on a state and national level about this kind of stuff all the time. And the, um, the businesses that have acquired other businesses in the industry and it, it doesn't really affect me. I'm not too worried about it. They said the same thing about the car business years ago. People are only going to buy cars online. But I don't think yeah. that's the case. You got to test drive it. You got to feel it. You got to talk to somebody that knows the pluses and minuses. You know, it's it's funny you, you say that. And there is a study, and John Israel was on the show last year, and he referenced a study of the University of Oxford, and it was called The Future of Employment. And what type of jobs would be automated and transitioned in a digital world and sales transactional sales was really high like the likelihood of transactional sales being automated is really high where if i worked in transactional sales i'd be like okay how do i make myself relevant however sales leadership was really low you can't get rid of sales leadership and the argument that this study said is you can't get rid of sales leadership because you have to have somebody that has the ability to influence which I, you know, in, in real estate, you have to be able to influence. You have to be able to influence your buyer. You maybe sometimes the, the co-buyer or the, the husband or the spouse or the other person that's there's, you know, I, and I, well, yeah, let's, I want to, I want to pick your brain on that real quick. We'll come back on that. The, the married couple buying a home, but in the influence algorithm of real estate, you have multiple people to influence. And because that's a skill that you have acquired, I would feel comfortable saying, no, you're not going to get rid of my real estate. So much so that the digitalization is killing salespeople, catapults and commissions uh, family. We have had e-commerce specialists come on the show only to say we can place all the marketing and ads. We can do all the digitalization. At the end of the day, I need someone to be able to pick up the phone or go visit a customer and close the deal. 
Yep. So we will be relevant. So let's let's talk really about influence. When you're working in a situation and you have to influence a decision, married couple, I, I think about it. How do you influence a decision or do you not influence a decision? Like what, what does that look like? Because you, you, you're, you're a real estate agent, but at the end of the day, Katie, you're a salesperson. You're, you're yeah. closing and negotiating, which is the art of influence. Talk me through your influence skill set. Well, I don't, I don't care what house people buy. And honestly, okay. I can't really legally put my two cents in. If I say, Anthony, you should buy this house because it's the best house on the block. And then it turns out to not be the best house on the block. You could probably yep. sue me for that statement. So I, yep. I try to keep my opinion out of it. Um, and it's funny, somebody was asking me the other day, we were discussing pricing and they were like, oh, Katie, well, what do you think? Where do you think we should write our offer at? And I said, this is my favorite part of the job, writing a check with somebody else's money. <laughs> I said, it's not my <laughs> money. I can't tell you how much money, I can give you an educated range on what I think is safe, but you know what's in your bank account. If I say a number that's not in your bank account, you can't write the check, bottom line. Or if you have more money than that and you really, really want this house, then put your money where your mouth is. But it's not its not my money to spend. As fun as it is to spend other people's money, it's not, it's not mine, so I can't. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode. I hope you're enjoying what you have heard thus far. Have you heard the good news? The international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions, has been named a 2021 Selling Power Magazine book recommendation. And I want to thank you, the Catapulting Commissions family. You can claim a free copy by texting hello to 661-228-8967. You can also find out more information at catapultingcommissions.com. Okay, let's get back to the show. Oh, fair enough. Is yeah. now is there a strategy with that right now in the market? Let's say let's 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 say you're representing some buyers right now. I got to be honest with you. My neighbor posted his house, was sold by like up on Friday, open house Saturday, sign was down Sunday. I mean, it was just like boom, 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 boom. It's crazy. Is there some value in me as a buyer? You representing me, saying, "Hey, Katie, I found this home. I really, really like this home, and I want to come in, you know, fifty grand over asking." Like. Are you advising your clients it's a competitive market that they want to come in aggressive? Are you like, where does, where does your, um, yeah, consultation influence play on that? Like what's your strategy right now to, to help your clients secure their homes? I mean, there's, there's a ton of stats that we look at. Obviously we look at the comparable sales that are, um, that have sold recently. And then we look at what percentage over market value they went for. We look at the pictures, how they compare to that home. Um, we talk about appraisal because it's not just buyer and seller agreeing on, on a price. It's the bank. If you're financing a home too, the bank really has to agree on that price too. Um, so there's a lot of factors and it's, it's not just a, like when you're buying a car where you just sign here and it's a done deal, you have days to, to really make sure this is the home that you want. The bank has days to make sure that you have the money you say you do. Um, yeah, so it's a process. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you, you're, you're advising, you're setting the process out, you're laying out, here's the steps you wanna go through. Uh, working with, let's go to this married couple situation. I keep dancing around it. Working with a married couple, who's the dominant person? Male, female, all the above. And when you have the dominant partner, how do you address concerns do you address like yeah what what's your approach when you have that dominant partner and it could be male or female because I, I know my own friends and colleagues and their relationships and it's pretty equal from my opinion but I'm curious on yours so funny story before I sold real estate I was a bartender for very many years 
Um, and I learned early on in the game. I mean, I saw the other girls being cute and flirty. I learned early on to always talk to the girl. And if she wanted to go and the husband, boyfriend, whatever, the other partner was like, no, I just want to have one more. And I'm like, well, the boss has spoken, you know, and yeah. I made a lot of money by being a girl's girl. So being a single woman in sales, most of my clients are married couples. I'm not going to, um, we're always in group chat, you know, just to keep myself protected and keep them happy. Um, and I say a lot, like you guys need to go home and talk about it, you know, but usually things are in group chat and they ask me what I think. And I say, go home and talk about it. I'm not a marriage therapist. I love it. I love it. You're passing the monkey off. You guys yeah. go do your thing. This is where my sphere of expertise ends. I mm -hmm. am not going to be Dr. Phil in this relationship. We're not going to figure this thing out here in uh, outside a home and, you know, pick a neighborhood that we're showing you a house. And okay. Uh, do you walk me through a little bit of your community involvement right now. I know we've, we've talked a little bit about, you know, the sales, the real estate I have, you know, we, we got about 15 minutes here or so before we wrap up. And there's one thing I want to end on about first time home buyers. So if you're listening to the show and you are in that first time home buyer, stick through to the end. I'm definitely going to pick Katie's brain on what you need to do to get yourself in that position, but couldn't help but notice I go through the entire, uh, your, your background, your bio, your, Ventura County Coastal Association of Realtors, City of Oxnard. I mean, you are involved in your community. Give us a little idea of what you're doing right now. Yeah. So, um, fortunately, touching back on some tech stuff, technology, one thing that it's really done is streamline my transactions. So I can do a lot of stuff on my mobile on the go. Now, even with Zoom meetings, I can take meetings on the go. So it gives me more time to do things. So last year I was um, elected to sit on the board of directors for our local real estate organization with some amazing high level people. Um, and then this January, one of the city council members in the city of Oxnard reached out to me because there was an opening on the planning commission. And COVID, I was really busy last year, and but somehow COVID gave me all this time. And I, when I look back and thought about it, I realized it's because I wasn't going to birthday parties or driving to school. Like, so I just thought I had all this time. So now I volunteered a lot and committed myself to a lot of things. Um, but one of my first majors in college that I actually didn't end up graduating with a degree in was urban planning. So when, when the planning commission came to me um, with this op opportunity, it really brought me back to something that I was interested in that I didn't think I had time for in the past, being a single mom and working in sales. Um, in sales, a lot of times we have this mentality, like we want to be around people that are future customers, future clients. And in working in organizations like this, we go through training and sign documents that say you're not here for, for personal gain. You're here for the body, the city, the board, whatever the body is, you're here as a public servant. Um, so I do all this stuff with, you know, not the goal to, to sell all the city council members' houses. Um, my goal is to really learn and to serve my community, a community that I love and bring my value and my expertise in and learn along the way too. So it just makes me a better real estate agent, a better mom, a better citizen of my community, a better mentor. Like it, it just makes me better all around. And it's, it's really hard on my brain a lot of times because it's the opposite. These government people are the opposite of salespeople. <laughs> my reports are like so technical, um, but it's good. It's really, it's really giving for the sake of giving rather than gaining. Um, I've always been a giver. I mean, I volunteer 
whenever somebody's selling Girl Scout cookies, I'm buying your Girl Scout cookies. It's just kind of always, always where I've been. And to do it at a high level like this at my age is really, really flattering. And, you know, maybe politics are coming for me. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll hold We'll hold this episode in the archives just in case. Yeah. Look, that is, I love what you said there, Katie. You're giving for the sake of giving and not gaining. You're involved in your community. You're incredibly busy. You, you've mentioned you're a single mom. You are in a commission-only job, which we'll talk a little bit about here shortly. And you're volunteering your time and your expertise to help build and enhance your community. I would suspect that as in your involvement in your community goes, your efficiency in your real estate transactions gets a little higher. Your brand gets a little more credible. And you become one of the top 100 influential social media experts in real estate in the state of California. I know. You, it, all just, it all just works together. It's amazing when you do I, what you love. I love it. I love that message there. And catapulting commissions family. I keep calling you guys out on this because I want you to take away from this show. Katie is doing what she loves. Katie is giving value. That's it. She didn't explicitly say I'm giving you value, but you just heard how busy the woman is. You heard how, how, how hectic her schedule is. She's giving her time and expertise, which is the most valuable resource she has to help better in her community the more value you give in the world, the more value or the more value you give in the world, typically the more commissionable dollars that come back in. We don't do this show because I want to make millions of dollars in a day. Do this show because I want to give value. And I love finding guests like Katie who want to give value, who want to help, who want to see their community grow. So I admire you and I, and I, and I think that's such a valuable trait, Katie. We need more people like you in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's another, the, another role of leadership is replacing yourself. So as, as I keep going up and up, I keep trying to find people to fill the other roles that I'm no longer in. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Creating yeah. yourself a little mini team. Yep. Which I've seen you, your daughter has gone to you a couple of your open houses and, and has worked with you. Has it? Oh yeah. And she like, she's so honest about houses. Like she'll be like, Oh no, I hate this house. And I'm like <laughs> showing like one of our good friends. I'm like, Oh, it's always going to come with me. I'm like, so you can't say that. You can't say you hate this house. Or she'll, she wants to move into every other house. Oh, mom, this is this house is perfect for us. I'm like, we're not looking for ourselves, Zoe. So it's fun, yeah. That's funny. Uh, let me ask you this here question here. You are a salesperson through and through. Mm -hmm. You, I would imagine you fall into the traditional world that salespeople, some we have good months, bad months, good years, bad years. When you are on that commission pendulum where you can make tons of money or you can make limited money. And it is really easy to allow those commission dollars to control our mood, uh, our environment, our mentality. How do you navigate your way out of a challenging time of commission dollars? Because there's somebody, regardless of the industry, listening to the show right now that isn't having the income year that they want and they're struggling. How does someone get out of that funk? So, I, I mean, I've been there for sure. And then during those challenging times, I would rack up my credit cards, putting gas in my car, my credit cards. Then I'd have a successful month or quarter, and then all my money would go back to paying off my credit cards. It was a crazy roller coaster. Um, fortunately, 2019 and 2020 were really, really good for me. I still haven't set up an LLC, but I have... Um, 
I pay myself. I mean, my, my checks go into my savings account and I have my, I send it to myself on the first of the month, like X amount of dollars. Um, so I'm not, I'm not celebrating by going on vacation when I have a, a successful quarter or struggling when things are slow. It's, it's just my salary and it, you know, just pays me. So the money just comes. <laughs> I love it. you make you make it so simple yet so disciplined because but it was it I mean it took time it definitely took time to get to get here um and yeah not I mean I want to go buy a new car I want to go on vacation and I want to play the well I earned it kind of game um but I've gotten to a mental place where it's like no this is this is how much money I make I I have money in my savings account that pays me and I'm going to keep going to work every day and keep making more money Love it. Living below your means is one of the one of the fastest ways to make more money, spend less. And I I, I love that you're and you're not, which is true, right? The the world we're in right now with salespeople, and it's terribly scaring because you and I, someone just referred to me as an older gentleman the other day, which is I was like, Oh, my goodness, we we are are crossing that crossing that threshold soon. I don't feel I'm quite there yet. But I also don't feel like I'm the quite younger generation. There's this need for instant gratification. If I sell a X amount dollar home, and I get a $50,000 $50,000 commission check, I deserve a $10,000 or $15,000 Rolex, or I deserve to go to Las Vegas and do this and do that, which we I can only say this because we've all learned through trial and error, and I, I know there's a point in time where I, I probably made some dumb decisions, but if you're in that category and you're making that money, take from what Katie just shared. Live below your means. It's just it's what we and need I'm to not, do as salespeople. I mean, I'm not frugal by any means. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're, you're <laughs> not frugal. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not like eating ramen. I'm not like living way below my means. But I, years ago, I had a, a salary number that made sense to me that I wanted to make um, every year, divided by 12, transfer X amount of dollars to my bank account on the first, you know, and that's my salary. I mean, it, All right. I, live a good, I live a good life. So, and if good. things change, I'll know um, I'll have, I'll have time to adjust if things change. Cause I do have money saved. So good for you. Yeah. Uh, mental hack though, in that time of downward spiral, right? That downward bad year, bad month depression comes in. I, I can't, I can't think of another word for it. Salespeople get depressed. They're so emotional. Like they're just so uh, tied into a struggling time. Do you have any mental tricks or hacks or motivational hacks that help get you out of the mental? I understand the financial component. There's this, the tricky part, the, the, the brain is a tricky muscle. So how did you get that? Or how do you get out of that funk? It's, I, I think I'm still working on hacks for that. So closing day is always the most exciting day, whether I'm representing a buyer or a seller. It's also the most stressful day for me because I'm like, where's the next one going to come from? Where's the mm. next one? Um, and I, I usually have it set up. So um, there's not a lull, but I mean, now I'm like, I closed one on Monday and it's Friday and I'm like, okay, where's the next one? Where's the next one coming from? Uh, so it, the depression roller coaster definitely does fall in there. I just try to keep myself busy. Fortunately, I do have other things on my plate that keep me busy and make it so I can't just stay in bed all day. My phone will still ring and I can't, you know, not be mentally present. So some people figure that out with like working out or, um, other activities that they like. And I just stay busy. So yeah, I love it. I think I think the busier you are, the less you get time to be alone with your own thoughts in your head. 
right? Mm -hmm. And then one thing that you didn't mention, but if you were to call me and say, hey, Anthony, I'm struggling, I would be a voice of uplifting because you want to rely on that same network for business transactions that's helping you grow. You also want to rely on that network for your mental well-being and your mental health because that is something that salespeople definitely need to address with. I think COVID has done a lot of good things. It's done a lot of bad things, but I think it's made a lot of us softer too. And a lot of us are reaching out to our friends in many industries. Um, I know I have people that call me, Hey, I haven't heard from you. How are you doing? And vice versa. Like if somebody falls off social media, I'm like, you know, one of my good friends, I'm like, Hey, is everything okay? Yeah. I just want to take a break or yeah, it's just really hard with my parents. Like the conversations are happening. Um, and I, it's, I think it's good. I think we all kind of softened up, which was good and, and cared about people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Caring about people is how we're going to grow. Speaking of caring about people, we got a few minutes left here, Katie. Let's talk the new home buyer. There's someone listening here who is in the opposite of what we just talked about. They're having a great commission year. They're making some money and they're like, Hey, I want to buy my first new home. Give me the three to four minute crash course, Katie course that says, Hey, here's what you need to do. Here's what needs to be in order for you to get and qualify for your first home. Like just you're un, un, uncut. Here's what you got to get done. The first step is you got to talk to a mortgage professional or your financial advisor or somebody at your bank. Um, they'll be able to give you your credit score. They'll be able to let you know uh, what you can put on a down payment. Financial advisors will help you see what you can liquidate on your asset or your 401k kind of investments. Um, and then you get a nice happy number of where you're comfortable purchasing and what you can afford. Then I would say identify your area that you want to live in and then have, you know, three, three wants and needs and three non-negotiables. So maybe you could live with a one bathroom house. Maybe you could not live in a one bathroom house. You know, maybe you need a walk-in closet. Maybe you're cool with no walk-in closet. Make a list, short and sweet. And then it's out there. Love it. Start with the <laughs> money first. Mm -hmm. Put your demands in place. Identify an area. Where, where, does, where does identifying the real estate agent come in this process? <laughs> right then call me i guess that should have been number <laughs> one <Call> where... <laughs> me. wherever you are in the united states call me i have a you know i have a database of amazing people all throughout the u.s so good katie well i'm glad i got that out of you call katie catapult the commission's family if you didn't hear the end we want to make sure that you call her. katie how does someone get connected with you how do they learn more about you you are again. We didn't. You know, we didn't dive into it in much depth. But congratulations, top 100 influential real estate agents in the state of California for 2021. How does someone find you on social media? Thank you. Yes, I think uh, kind of Instagram's the hit right now. My Instagram shares to my Facebook, uh, but my Instagram's really easy. It's Katie zero zero twenty four. My headshots right there. It'll say in my bio basically a lot of the same things that we just said right now. Uh, my website is katie connollycom It'll talk about me. It'll it'll have an IDX to search for homes all over the state of California. It'll talk about my company. Um, you could find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. It's Katie Connolly. Sweet. I'm, yeah, I'm one of the few. So, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, Catapult the Commission's family. We will have all those links in the bio or in the show notes below. So be sure to go check it out. Get connected with Katie. Follow her. Get connected with her on Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn visitor website if you want to see some prices of homes and i will say this i've never brought a sales professional on the show that i didn't personally trust to do business on my behalf if i was doing it so katie falls right in line with that so if you have concerns or questions about your real estate transactions reach out to katie she can definitely address your concerns and needs katie thank you for joining the catapult commissions podcast 
Thank you. It's been such an honor watching your journey too. Anthony and I have known each other for maybe what, 25 years. Is that aging ourselves? <laughs> that is aging so, ourselves. Yeah. And there's been, there's been some good, bad and ugly in there. So to see your success and to see it also very authentic. I really, really enjoy that. So congratulations, friend. Thank you, Katie. I appreciate it. And you know what? We'll put a post up. Katie and I took a Katie came to the catapulting missions book launch party. So I will put that picture in one of our posts that we share when we promote this episode. So you guys can definitely see Katie and I go way back. Catapulting commissions family, do me a favor, like subscribe, comment, be sure to do me a favor. Give me that extra comment below. Like, let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know what you thought of Katie today. If you have any questions, reach out to her. I will see you next week. catapulting commissions family that does it for today's episode if you found some value please be sure to head over to itunes and leave a five-star rating don't forget to subscribe that way you're notified of new episodes if you want to see the video portion of this podcast head over to youtube and look up catapulting commissions podcast finally if you want a free copy of catapulting commissions be sure to text the word hello to 661-228-8967 Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.